Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors that make this all possible. We want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. But you need to know this, Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and it provides schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms helps your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that go along with being a student athlete. Final Forms also helps with team communication and attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation and ADA compliance. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with the Final Forms team. We also want to thank Area Scouts. Area Scouts provides athletes ages eight and up with state-of-the-art assessments and sport movement specific development programs for all skill levels in all sports. Area Scouts also provides a one-of-a-kind worldwide online platform emphasizing sport-specific performance while focusing on overall athlete health and safety. And the best part, Area Scouts also works with youth, high school, and college coaches from across the country. Go to areascouts.com right now to enroll your athlete or team in the base assessment today. That's biomechanics, athleticism, sequence, and endurance. That's areascouts.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thank you to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or you can call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Bring your school's legacy to life. We also want to th say thanks to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's a whole lot more. 
Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth programs all the way through high school and college teams. And even the pros use Huddle to help their athletes perform at their highest. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches of, of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the players and the, and the parents that really love your program and gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to connect with your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a really cool guest today uh, from the world of coaching, Sky Eddie. She is the founder of Soccer Parenting. She's also a writer, a speaker, a, an educator. Also um, uh, pretty well known in the coaching world. She's a U.S. Soccer National Certified Coach. And today she's going to tell us a little bit about what she does and also uh, that special uh, um, aspect that we are always looking for as athletic directors uh, working with parents. So Sky Eddie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Appreciate it. Well, as you and I were speaking before we started recording, um, you know, working with parents, dealing with parents, uh, as we like to say, partnering with parents, it's always a, uh, a task uh, uh, for athletic directors and coaches. So anytime we can get another perspective uh, to help uh, our athletic directors, you know, help our coaches, uh, it, it's certainly going to, uh, you know, have a positive impact on the entire athletic program. But uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that five minute bio where you were born, where you grew up, um, went to college and all that, and uh, maybe a little sports background and what brought you to this point um, where you uh, founded soccer parenting. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I grew up in Northern Virginia in Reston. So I am a title nine baby born in 1971. So had the wonderful benefits of growing up in an environment where in the moment I felt like I had every opportunity available to me in sport. I never really felt, um, uh, you know, turned away from anything, thankfully, especially growing up in Reston, which is such a progressive, a new community. Um, 
I also had the benefit of having um, some wonderful female role models in sport along the way. Um, I never had a lot of coaches that were women, um, but our assistant athletic director, Mrs. Ledane in high school was, um, you know, a great role model for me. And so when I went off to college, uh, I played collegiately soccer at the University of Massachusetts. I also was a competitive track athlete in high school. Um, and when I went off to college uh, to University of Massachusetts, uh, I decided that I wanted to be an athletic director, in fact. And um, I was a sport management major at the University of Massachusetts, which was a great sport management program. And the whole time I was in college, my idea was that I wanted to be a college AD. So it's interesting for me to circle back and be on this podcast today with ADs. I never did uh, pursue that directly. Um, but I've definitely um, used my uh, degree in sport management from UMass, you know, to my advantage in the work that I'm doing and the work that I have done. Um, I was an All-American at college. Um, I was, I think this is a good perspective on where we are in America right now in sport. I was first team All-American. I was MVP of the Final Four. And that was the last game I ever played <laughs> because there just weren't pro opportunities available. And to see women now getting drafted out of college and having these amazing professional careers is so inspiring to me. Um, and so, you know, part of my story is that I kind of grew up in this wave of sport for women, this wave of soccer, especially, and just sort of have ridden it this whole time and had um, so many great opportunities. Um, I did, I did go, I will say, go overseas and play professionally in Italy about six years after I graduated college, sort of as this last ditch effort to try to, you know, bring back this. Um, and I had the most amazing experience, but I really don't, you know, it was such a, it was such a um, offshoot of my actual experiences that I, I don't really consider that it was a continuation of my career by any means. Um, out of college, I worked in pro, I worked in uh, as a pro manufacturer, Lanzara. And so I have a strong background in manufacturing. Um, I was a promotions marketing manager for them, worked for their team sales, and um, and then was have always been a coach uh, since high school. I was a coach. I was a goalkeeper in soccer, and um, I would do goalkeeper training for kids younger younger kids in the community. Um, and I am a longtime director for Dr. Magnick with the number one goalkeeper camps and then Tony DeChico with soccer plus camps. Mm -hmm. And so would spend much of my summer, all of my summers on the road with them, directing camps all over the United States um, at a very high level. Um, and then um, when I uh, was no longer working at Lanzara, I pursued a college coaching career, which is what brought me to Richmond, Virginia, where I am now. And uh, I was the assistant at the University of Richmond for three years until um, about 20 years ago now. And that sort of prompted me to start soccer parenting and get involved in a youth space here in the Richmond area, um, which is uh, really where soccer parenting began from the experiences that my kids were having in the game. And this just acute awareness that I had that youth sport would be better if there were collaborative relationships between coaches, clubs, and parents. And, um, and so really decided to dive into that culture and try to make an impact as far as that's concerned. Now we're gonna talk, uh, we're, you're, actually you're gonna talk about soccer <laughs> parenting and, and, and what that all involves. But uh, you mentioned uh, you know, Title IX um, 
you know, um, what are some of the changes that you've seen? And again, you've been, you know, not a, a college player for a couple of years. Uh, yeah. But what are some changes that you've seen, hopefully positive, from when you were playing to now, you mentioned the professional opportunities, you know, certainly that that's great. The women's national team, uh, finally, you know, getting the equal pay, but uh, what are some changes maybe at the college level that you've noticed uh, from your involvement? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, people ask me that a lot. And because I feel like, uh, you know, my generation was so uniquely positioned that when I went off to college as a full ride athlete, I had, a lot of great opportunities for me. Uh, I will say what really gave me some perspective in college was that I also played basketball for a year at UMass. And um, so here's the women's soccer team traveling in vans where literally as a student athlete, I was driving one of the vans sometimes to our game at Dartmouth or whatever. And we would have like $7.50 to spend for the meal. After the game, we had such limited budgets. Um, four people to a room when we were on the road. Um, and then I played basketball and we're taking buses everywhere. We have uh, two people in a room. We have $25 to spend for dinner. Like it totally blew me up. So, so that, despair, that disparity between what was available to, to even women's teams in college, um, what I see now is happening is that, um, I mean, the whole level has been, been raised across the board for women's sports. So I don't think there's these large differences between sports within collegiate programs. And um, and I have a daughter who's 21 years old. She's working this summer as an intern at Hartford Athletic and pro soccer. And I feel like the opportunities that she has available to her are so much broader than for me. I was often the first female in the room, the first female coach a boy had ever had. I was absolutely the first female director for these camps. Uh, and so other male coaches having to get used to having a female directing them, like that was a lot. I was uh, felt like I was the first female a lot. And fortunately now we're, we're well past that. Um, and um, and so I feel like the, the, the base of opportunities that are available to women now that are coming up in sport, whether that be pursuing opportunities um, as an administrator, as a coach, are a little much more broad reaching and um, and normal normalized. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing, and again, it's a great perspective. Uh, you know, over the years, and good uh, mm -hmm. co compare and contrast. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Sky Eddie. She's the founder of Soccer Parenting, a uh, longtime soccer player, soccer coach. Uh, we're going to hear some more from her, but let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team. It's technology and it provides schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms also helps your stakeholders with mobile accessibility. It has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that go with being a high school athlete. Final Forms also helps with team communication and attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk, and it does this with secure language translation and ADA compliance. 
you know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started on the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Sky Eddy, the founder of Soccer Parenting. Sky, one of the questions we always ask our guests uh, is about the mentors that they've had in their life. And coaching and administration leadership and mentorship is so important. Uh, the expression that I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, whose voice do you still hear uh, from back in the day? Oh, yeah, great question. I have a few. I have a few. Uh people that probably um, come to mind, people that I reflect about frequently. I've mentioned two of them, um, Dr. Matnick, um, who I worked for a really impressionable time um, in my early 20s in college. Um, and uh, Doc is a uh, incredible coach and he has amazing like demonstration skills. So from Dr. Matnick, I really learned like the power that we have to express ourselves as coaches and grab the attention of the people who are in front of us and to transform them in their belief of what they believe they're capable of merely by the words that we're using, the way that we're bringing ourselves. Like this is the first time for me as a coach that I just found myself in a zone. Like I just totally would get lost in my coaching. And I learned these skills from Dr. Magnick who gave me the the um, permission, if you will, to really like put my whole self forward as I was working with youth athletes and coaching. Um, and Doc is still somebody that I keep in close touch with, his wife, um, Barbara, uh, who managed the camp. Uh, he gave me my first opportunity to be a female director at these camps and he um, wholeheartedly believed in me and my capabilities. And um, he really has meant a lot to me over the years. Um, another. Another wonderful mentor, man, I'm just so lucky to have crossed paths. This is just some incredible human beings, um, was Tony DeChico. Tony sadly passed away, I think five years ago now. Uh, he was the coach, the women's 99 team, the soccer team of Brandy Chastain took up our shirt, won the, won the World Cup. Um, Tony was the head coach for that team. And he was also the director and owner uh, of Soccer Plus Camps, who I then worked for as well. And um, Tony... Uh, Man, he just uh, has this, had this magnetic personality. He was just such a giver. He cared so deeply about the people that were in front of him. Um, highly, 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 as all great coaches are, emotionally intelligent and um, very, very self-aware. Um, he's probably somebody who I learned some incredible skills about reflection from how we can be better, how we can support kids more. He also had very, very, um, I was about to use the word strict, but instead I would just say very clear standards about what it meant to work in his organization and to be a coach within his organization in terms of how we interact with students, campers, um, and how we give. You know, working these camps for both of these men were incredibly hard. 
it was it was grueling summers. I could have made much more money working college camps and having really easy days. Um, but uh, these were some of the best moments of my life. And so this wonderful sense of community that emerged from both of them and their leadership. Um, so Doc and Antonio are certainly two people that I consider to be really strong mentors. And, you know, I have to go back to Mrs. Ladine, who I, I referenced um, a couple of years ago, I was inducted into my high school hall of fame. And I spoke about Ms. Ladine in my speech because I remember sitting at a class at UMass about being an athletic director. Like that was the title of the sport management class. And the professor at the front of the room making a comment about how they're, how this might be hard for the women that are in the room to imagine because you haven't seen an athletic director. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like that never thought, that thought never crossed my mind that being an athletic director, there might be a barrier up to that because of my gender, because Ms. Levine was just such a strong leader. Um, and uh, I'm really ha happy that I had the chance to tell her that in my induction speech. She was sitting right there in front. I could look right at her as I was, as I was speaking and, and let her know what an impact she had on me and, and countless other women and men absolutely over the years. So those are the three people that come to mind. Um, and then I just have to give a quick shout out to my track coach in high school, Mr. Dobson, who was just phenomenal. And again, just giving and giving and giving and supporting and um, you know, been really lucky over the years to have some incredible people in my life. Well, again, our regular listeners hear me say this all the time, but it's so true. I just love hearing these stories and you, know, you can just feel the, the love that you have for these individuals that had an impact yeah. on your life. Also, as a longtime promoter of the multi-sport experience, I love it that, you know, here's a, another, you know, uh, college athlete, scholarship athlete, all-American athlete that was a multi-sport athlete in high school. So uh, I appreciate mm -hmm. you uh, giving that little shout out. No, For absolutely. our listeners, we're visiting today with Sky Eddie. She's the founder of Soccer Parenting, uh, also a national uh, certified soccer coach, uh, very active on the soccer scene. We're going to be back some more, but let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Area Scouts for their support. Area Scouts provides athletes ages eight and up with state-of-the-art assessments and sport and movement-specific development programs for all skill levels in all sports. Area Scouts also provides a one-of-a-kind worldwide online platform emphasizing sport-specific performance while focusing on overall athlete health and safety. And the best part, Area Scouts also works with youth, high school, and college coaches from across the country. Go to areascouts.com and enroll your athlete or team in the BASE assessment today. That's base, biomechanics, athleticism, sequence, and endurance. Go to areascouts.com. Welcome back again to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Sky Eddie, the founder of Soccer Parenting. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later. But um, Sky, uh, talk a little bit about that coaching experience. You know, a lot of our ADs, they start out as teacher coaches and then move into administration. So talk about that experience that you had coming out of college, uh, high level player, uh, but now you're working with kids that might not have those same high level skills. So uh, how was that uh, jumping into the world of coaching? 
It's a pretty easy transition for me to be clear. Um, uh, the majority of the coaching that I did up until you know, maybe 15 years ago was uh, individual training for goalkeepers. So it's very technical, specific, and motivational. Um, so the transition from college and playing into coaching was a very natural one for me that, um, you know, didn't necessarily uh, strike me. But I will say something that I've learned over the years um, is, the, is where I want to coach. I feel like there's so much pressure on us as coaches to keep going, to like start at the youth level, then go to the high school level, then go to the college level, then go to the pro level. And, you know, I've coached across all levels of soccer. I've coached with our national team programs. I've coached collegiately. I've coached at these high-level camps. I've coached internationally. I've coached uh, the youth game. And where I feel the most connected to the athletes that I'm working with is at like the U10, U11 level. Like the kids that I'm coaching right now, the team that's behind me, like this is where I'm best positioned with my personality with uh, my skill sets, with the way that I like to communicate and bring myself forward. So I think that that's been a really great lesson for me to one, feel comfortable with that, not have to say that I'm coaching with our national teams, but I'm coaching U10 kids in our local rec league or a local you know, travel league. And I love it. Um, and, and the same lessons like are, are layered in to all those levels, to be clear. It's about connection. It's about motivation. It's about establishing a sense of autonomy, providing a connection and a love of the game to the athletes that you're working with, developing a fun environment, whatever that fun means for those kids in that level. Um, you know, I think even at the international level, it has to be fun if people are gonna keep doing it. We know that from research. Um, so, uh, so my coaching has been very varied, um, but, um, but what always has been the, the connecting point for me is the connection is connecting with athletes and now parents. Cause you know, at this level that I'm coaching now, there's a little bit more parent interaction. Um, you, again, you and I were talking about this before we recorded, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, mm -hmm. throw that grenade out on the table right now. Sure. Um, most of my uh, career as an AD was in the private school setting, and I was very fortunate. We had some great coaches that were teachers in the building. We also had some great coaches from the community. Uh, one in particular, uh, the director of our soccer program, uh, had the biggest, uh, most successful in any way you want to measure success, you know, developing kids, you know, nurturing young minds and also winning championships, uh, just very successful and was one of the very few um coaches uh let i'll say club coaches and i know that's a big umbrella but was one of the very few club coaches that i ever met that put a, a premium on the high school experience and that uh made sure that uh the high school kids that he was coaching both you know from our boys and girls team uh that they uh they had that same priority uh, and mm -hmm. sent it, tons of kids onto the college level, um, you know, very successful, had a very active club season two. But why do you think, I'm putting you on the spot here, why do you think that that is not, we don't see that more often, uh, that club and high school working together, collaborating, as you said? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, I think there's two things that stand out to me that are what I consider to be issues on the high school structures that might promote that. Um, but I, before I explain those, what I want to say is that I'm a huge proponent of high school sports. I think that, um, you know, the sense of community, this connection that athletes feel is just 100% different. My daughter played at a very high level here in Richmond and um, for her club team. And she also played for her high school, who was state champion lost in the state final, like, like a high level club team as well, but even our high school team as well. But even regardless of that, the intensity that was felt by her when she was competing for her high school, what she brought to the table was totally different than the club. So there's some magic there that we need to unpack and we need to appreciate as uh, coaches, as parents, as educators, as administrators, that that the high school environment brings something special. So I'm really a big fan of high school sports. I actually think we need to expand high school sports because we need to give more opportunities to kids. Um, but you know, that's a whole different conversation. The two things that I wanted to get to that I think sometimes are the roadblocks to the sense of collaboration or why athletes don't play high school or why there might be some issues is, is player safety. There's way too many games in high school. These kids don't have time to recover between games. Like this is not basketball. This is soccer. Like you usually play one game a week and the high school season, these kids are playing four games sometimes in a week, which is just absolutely unheard of. And from a player well-being and a recovery standpoint from it's just, it's, it's, it's really dangerous for a high level athlete who has aspirations to continue playing, to do that to their body. There's just no time for recovery. And so uh, unfortunately, we have like the the the, the miss whether I, I don't have any statistics about this, but my idea is that there's a lot of injuries that happen as a result of playing too much and not having enough recovery. So that's something that athletic directors need to think about when, you know, I, I really uh, do hope that, you know, I'm not like stirring the pot here with this, but it's a player safety issue that needs to be addressed differently um, with a number of games that happen in such a defined season. Um, and then the other thing is just the quality of coaching, you know, like, yeah, you have a great coach. That's great. But, um, you know, if it's a coach that isn't as qualified as some of the local coaches that's coaching the high school team, um, that can, that can sometimes cause some friction. And so, you know, the, the idea there, I've seen great partnerships happen where it's the math teacher that played soccer growing up, that's the head coach, and then a club coach that comes in as an assistant under them. And they have a wonderful collaborative relationship and accomplish so much together. So, you know, that might be just, uh, again, not trying to stir the pot with your audience, but, you know, if we're gonna have some real talk about how high school soccer and sports can improve, um, you know, for me that those are the two things that come to mind. Um, that being said, you know, all of the work that I'm doing at Soccer Parenting is about establishing trust. And, um, and so opening the door to conversations between local clubs and the high schools, I think there's a lot of really good opportunities to do that in terms of providing opportunities to, for high school kids to continue to play, um, be more engaged. Uh, I, I, we're starting to see some good partnerships that are evolving between high schools and clubs with like almost like an intramural right after high school type program that's happening where more kids can play soccer and the school is sort of sponsoring these sports. So I think there's a lot of exciting opportunities that exist to establish these trustful collaborative relationships so that 
ultimately, um, if what should happen that our best athletes be playing high school soccer, that that can happen. Yeah, I, I went I off your... in a lot of directions. Sorry. Oh, no, not <laughs> not at all. Uh, and I I love hearing the the perspective. Um, you know, we're um, uh, our podcast is is heard. We have listeners uh, because our analytics tell us that we have listeners in all fifty states and in fifty one different countries. Uh, so uh, I, I'm curious to you know maybe see what kind of feedback we get. Uh, I think the the scheduling of games for the high school season. I really think it varies uh, quite a bit from state to state. Uh, I know in Florida, um, I, I think our listeners in Florida would respectfully disagree that uh, the, the high school season uh, is very well regulated as far as number of games. There's some outliers, of course. Um, uh, I, I'm curious, are you familiar with the book? I'm probably gonna butcher this title, uh, maybe 10 or 12 years old, uh, Warrior Girls. Are you familiar with that title? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I have that book. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, the author of that book, you know, took the conversation that you and I are having in a completely different direction. But uh, I was just curious about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, great. Stuff. And I will say also, like, as far as the size of the country, and like, we run into this in club soccer as well. Like, what happens in Virginia is not what happens in Kansas is not what happens in Northern sure. California. And so, for me to make broad reaching statements about all of high school sports does not help establish the sense of trust and connection that we're seeking. Right. I get that. So, you know, that's certainly not my intention, but you know, if based on the experiences that I hear the sure. feedback that I get from our listeners that, you know, there is a lot of player safety worries about the number of games that are played. And so if you are in an area that doesn't have stricter regulations about the number of matches that can happen in the course of a week, you know, then maybe that's something that as an athletic director, you can look to influence because that is, you know, something that to me, for me in the work that I'm doing as an advocate for youth soccer players, just in general is something that's really, really important to me. Right. And I definitely want to make that point. I'm not trying to put you on the spot at all. Uh, yeah, I, no, I think I the, like the, the player safety, uh, that you address. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's high school or club or whatever. Uh, right. It's that frequency of the number of contacts that they are going to have uh, in drills and games, et cetera. You know, that's the factor, those overuse injuries that we're trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good yeah. stuff. Okay. We're going to do this at the end. Uh, but if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, find out a little bit more about soccer parenting, which we're going to go into in our next segment. What's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Sure. Um, well, all of my contact information is on soccerparenting.com, which is our public website. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and DMing on Twitter is usually a good way to reach out. And um, that's either Soccer Parenting or Sky Eddie um, on Twitter. And, um, and then, like I said, all my contact information is on soccerparenting.com. Okay. Again, for our listeners, we're visiting today with Sky Eddie, the founder of Soccer Parenting. We're going to take a deep dive into soccer parenting when we come back. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. They, always, all, they have always had analytics, but there's a lot more. 
Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth programs all the way through high school and college teams. And even the pros use Huddle to help their athletes perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches of the college teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Sky Eddy, the founder of Soccer Parenting. Uh, Sky, um, what is Soccer Parenting, and you know why should our our listeners you know find out more about it? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, so I founded Soccer Parenting eight years ago now, um, as my daughter was coming up in the game. Um, it just became like very clear to me that, like as I said earlier, that if there were collaborative relationships, if, if the door was open to me to go and talk to her coach, that that would be in the best interest of Callie's development. And so this idea was born from that. It was also born from this idea that uh, parents need education. And so when I founded Soccer Parenting, the term that was generally used across the globe was parent education. Now we are using this term parent engagement more, but um, education is a very, very important component of, of um, engagement. And so um, at Soccer Parenting, we um, look at ourselves as a thought leader when it comes to club cultures, uh, culture within youth sport in general. We, writ I've written about the benefits of high school sports. I've written about this dynamic that we've talked about uh, briefly about you know, why more kids aren't playing high school sport or why there might be some some stress there. So we're, we're talking and writing and a thought leader about these topics. But what we've done is we've developed an education platform for youth sports parents, um, specifically soccer parents. Um, and so we have clubs, individuals, state associations, schools that are buying access to this education platform for their youth soccer parents. Um, and we do believe that when parents seek education about how to best support their child, that great things will happen. And so the education platform is very robust. Um, we're writing about topics such as the body, how growth impacts development, periodization, um, injury prevention, recovery, all of those types of things you would imagine about the body in general, um, very broad ranging the mind, mental performance, motivation, how the parent's role, how coaches can support kids with developing a strong mindset, those types of things. Um, the, the next level, uh, whether that be going from playing rec to high school, whether that be going from playing high school or club soccer to college, whatever that next level might be for that child, um, the coach club relationship uh, and parenting. So those are the topics that we're providing education content around. And it's a very robust platform where we're adding education uh, weekly to the site and um, hosting webinars, education uh, opportunities, there's courses. Um, so that's, that's essentially what soccer parenting is, is it's this education platform that clubs are buying access to. And so, um, you know, really, um, I said a couple times, use the words trust and, and collaboration. Um, 
And I, I like to think that, you know, by clubs and organizations and schools offering the education platform to their parents, they're basically saying, you're important. You have a role. Uh, the, the impact that you have on your child's sporting experience is important. Uh, we don't think that you're crazy. Not every soccer youth sports parent is a crazy parent. We actually value you. And so here's a tool for you. And so the education platform is also an engagement tool that, that organizations are using to connect, um, support the, the parents that are in their organizations. Yeah, it, it sounds really cool. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the, you know, the terms, the popular terms now, you know, parent engagement. Um, our national organization for ADs, the NIAAA, uh, just recently uh, released a, a new course uh, called Partnering with Parents. Uh, and I was very fortunate to be part of that uh, authorship team. And uh, again, not to give away the, the course, but again, it's the idea about building that trust, building relationships, uh, you know, letting parents know that they are part of that process and trying to turn it into a positive collaboration, not, you know, giving up, uh, for lack of a better word, control uh, right. of, the, of the program, but involving them, partnering with them, if you will. Um, what, uh, um, what are maybe, you know, one or two highlights, again, that, you know, we can uh, help convince that athletic director uh, sitting in Florida or Kansas or somewhere uh, to go to the website uh, mm -hmm. and check out more about what the program can offer? Yeah, I, I think that, um, that one of the important things that, that you just said and that, you know, we're, we're trying to we need to make clearer is the structures that we have in place and you know for so long parents really haven't had a very defined role to play in the sport experience and we've had such divisions we've had the coaches over here the parents over there the athletic directors trying to mediate in between and you know um what we are doing at talk of parenting is we're giving clarity to this relationship. So this is the role of the parent. This is the role of the coach. These are the expectations. This is when the door is open. We're really defining what these relationships look like. And what we're finding is that once that definition is made and pronounced and obvious, then a lot of the stress that exists in that dynamic of the coach-parent leader relationship is diminished and the stress is gone because people are clear on what their role is and what's okay to say and what's not okay to say. Like when the door is open to talk to a coach, when it's not open. And also when we're having schools and clubs put out really clear standards about the, the interactions. I, I actually just pushed out an article about this yesterday on soccer parenting. Like I'm so sick of opening my inbox and getting parent emails from frustrated parents who are asking me for validation for their stress because their child is being mistreated by the coach. And so, um, you know, what is there, what needs to happen is that we need to have better standards and clarity in place. And this is where I think 
you know, schools and coaches can gain some real insights because a lot of the work I'm doing, of course, is parent education. But I will say that I spend the majority of my time doing coach education, club development, um, organizational development around these topics of leadership, of emotional intelligence and coaching, of uh, parent engagement strategies. Um, because that's what's really going to drive the culture is when our leaders in our organization have clarity around how to lead and uh, the language to use and the standards to put in place so that people feel empowered and that obviously at the end of the day um, that the children in the organization are benefiting the most from these better relationships between coaches and um, parents and, and leaders. Really good stuff. And, you know, you put that in language that I think our listeners, which are ADs and coaches, can understand and see those benefits. So uh, I would hope that uh, listeners, I'm talking to you, uh, you're going to be going to uh, soccerparenting.com and checking out, uh, checking out this information. Once again, our guest today is Sky Eddie, the founder of Soccer Parenting um, and pretty much a soccer expert from listening to her today. Um, we're going to come back uh, after a quick break, and we're going to find out about a new program that uh, uh, Skyity is uh, releasing. So please stay with us. Uh, more great stuff coming on the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every single year while also creating the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone. We've been visiting with Sky Eddy, the founder of Soccer Parenting, longtime soccer coach and uh, writer, speaker, and educator. Uh, Sky, um, before uh, we took the break, uh, I was kind of teasing the audience uh, that you uh, have a new program uh, through soccer parenting. Uh, what's it all about? And again, you know, why should our athletic directors, um, you know, reach out to you about this? Thank you for teeing that up. It's a program we're really excited about. The number one conversation that I have with club leaders, organizational leaders, schools is about sideline behavior. And so we have developed a program called the Sideline Project. Um, you can find it at thesidelineproject.com. And um, it is an intervention that is working. Uh, the response and the feedback that we're getting from parents has been really positive. The Sideline Project is a 15 minute course that parents and coaches, all spectators, referees even, we encourage to take. Um, and it is uh, framing sideline behavior a little bit differently. Um, you know, interventions that we've had up to this point really haven't been working. Um, passing out lollipops to suck on isn't really a great intervention that stops the sideline screaming. Um, or, um, you know, maybe giving a card to a coach for the behavior of their fans is sometimes something that happens within soccer. 
Um, but we all know that our sidelines are a big problem. And the result of uh, hostile behavior on the sidelines is resulting in us having nationwide shortages for officials uh, across all sports is a problem that um, that is resulting in players uh, levels of satisfaction and connection and love to the game diminishing um, is an issue for coaches. So we all know that this is a big problem and we've decided to tackle it. Um, like I said, the sideline project is a 15 minute course. We frame behavior at the sideline project around three buckets, supportive, distracting, and hostile. Um, of course, supportive, supportive communication and behavior is okay. If your child's okay with it. Um, we talk in the course about how my daughter, Callie, does not like to hear my voice at all. Even if I'm saying, good job, Hannah, the goalkeeper, it bothers Callie and gets her out of her focus. And so at her games, I don't say anything. Whereas my son likes to hear my supportive voice, good job, keep going great work, those types of very supportive, neutral conversation or neutral communication at the appropriate times. So that's okay because it's my, our children that need to lead this. Um, and then we all know what hostile behavior is too. You know, this is yelling at referees. This is yelling at other players. This is yelling at our children. Uh, this is completely unacceptable behavior in a youth sporting environment. And yet it's, something that you know has not been adequately addressed um and so the sideline project is a movement to end this hostile behavior and one of the ways that we're really finding to do that is to give clarity to parents on the difference between supportive behaviors and distracting behaviors because what so often happens is that distracting behavior is essentially the stress of spectators living itself out loud in the environment so this distracting behavior then turns into hostile behavior so if we can eliminate the distracting behavior from the sidelines this is telling a child pass the ball shoot uh throw it into this person like telling a child what to do in the minute in which they're trying to perform, if we can eliminate the distracting behavior, then the hostile behavior will be more pronounced and will be potentially less likely to happen. And so um, this education program, it's, it's, it's receiving really positive results. Um, we've had 10,000 people take the course. Um, the results that we're seeing in a two question feedback, two question survey to parents, we asked, has your behavior improved as a result of taking the course? 33% of parents out front say, my behavior didn't need improvement. Uh, I was required to take this course by the team or the school, and so therefore I took it. But of the remaining people, 77% of the parents say that their behavior improved as a result of taking the course. Likewise, has your relationship with your child improved is the other question. And 67% of parents are saying that their relationship with their child improved simply as a result of taking this 15 minute course. So I encourage people to check it out. Um, we are offering this shortly. I don't know when this podcast will be published, but we're offering it across all sport. Right now it's doable for all sport, but it's geared more towards soccer. But if you go to the Sideline Project, you can reach out to me, you can join our mailing list there, and then we will notify you when we launch it across all sport, but that will be done um, in the coming, uh, that will be done by 
I know this is weird with a podcast, but by the middle of July, 2022, we'll have this launched across all sports. So, so schools can buy access for the parents in the organization. And we're so excited to launch this across sports because we know that this is, you know, one of the key issues that we need to address that must be addressed when it comes to players level of joy and satisfaction around their sporting experience. So just reframing what acceptable behavior is, um, is, is essential. And I think giving parents what we're seeing is by giving them like buckets to say, so they can reflect and say, ah, that was distracting. I never realized that before, but I think I'm helping, but I'm actually not helping a long-term cognitive growth and skill acquisition by telling my kid what to do in the moment, telling them how many people to put in the wall or telling them who to pass to or what, who, to, who to look for in order to, for, for the next play, whatever that might be. So um, we're really, really excited about the Sideline Project and encourage people to reach out to us and, um, and let's get this launched um, across, um, across your school. Um, and uh, we're really excited to see the positive benefits that will, that will result from it. I really like the way you uh, uh, explained that. Uh, I love that term, distracting behaviors. Um, mm -hmm. we would do a lot of the stuff, um, at, at our school, you know, with our parents and our parents were for the most part, very good, but we would talk about this concept of one voice. Okay. You know, we, we want your kids to hear one voice and that's the voice of the coach, uh, you know, cheer, you know, of, of course, but as far as giving out instructions, like you said, you pass that sort of thing, uh, just have one voice. Uh, but I, I love that the visual that comes through the distracting, uh, behavior. So uh, very good stuff. Um, uh, one more time, uh, and, and we'll do this probably again, uh, for our listeners, our ADs, our coaches, even our parents for listening, where do they go to find out more information? For the Sideline Project, the website is thesidelineproject.com. Um, you can find all our contact information, learn more about becoming a partner there. Um, and then for our education platform for sports parents, for soccer parents, it's Soccer Parent Resource Center. But you can find that information on soccerparenting.com. Really, it all kind of funnels into my inbox and into our staff's boxes. So, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to help. Um, just reach out and, um, and uh, we will get you set up with a introductory call and figure out how we can support your efforts to improve the sporting experience within your schools. All right. Great stuff. Once again, for our listeners, we're visiting today with Sky Eddy, the founder of Soccer Parenting. We're going to be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for their support. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an extensive library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589 or shoot them an email at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. 
Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Sky Eddy, the founder of Soccer Parenting. Sky, one of the questions that we've been asking our ADs um, has to do with this idea of toughness. I know a, a, a favorite uh, term now is resilience. Uh, and I think they're really just trying to say tough. Um, back when I was playing 100 years ago, you know, our coaches would say, you know, come on, Jake, you got to be tough. Um, and we knew what they meant and, and we did it. Uh, I, I think in the many years since then, uh, we've figured out better ways to communicate those ideas to kids. But uh, in my opinion, toughness is still a very important aspect of the sport experience and of life. So my question to you is, how can we help kids develop toughness and also stay aware and sensitive to the very real social emotional challenges that a, a Generation Z kid experiences that I never had to experience? So uh, do you have any advice for us? And this is just such an important topic for us as leaders in youth sport today to be considering. Um, and uh, it's something that's really ingrained into the work that we're doing at Soccer Parenting. When it comes to um, supporting coaches in helping uh, them develop an environment that um, is most conducive to an athlete's growth. Um, so yes, sports has changed, huh? I mean, when I look back on the camps that I used to run and be involved with in the early nineties, like the intensity, the screaming, the yelling, the, the physical challenges that we would give these kids, like these things aren't happening anymore for a variety of some very good reasons, but we still need to find a way to reach children now to push them past their limits so that they'll see this growth. Like when I look back to my experiences, um, I, I was talking at Tony DeChico's, uh, uh, his memorial service, it was a huge honor for me to be asked to speak at his memorial service. And what I said was that, huh, you know, we fooled a lot of people over the years and saying that Soccer Plus was a soccer camp, when in fact, that's not the case. This is a change your life forever camp. And we change kids' lives because of the pressure that we put them under, because of the, the stress that we put them under. So that's our unique challenge as coaches and leaders right now in youth sport is to how to push children um, to find new limits within the constraints of what we know to be the best developmental environments. And so um, that's also a really big challenge in high school. I coached in high school. You know, we had a very big, broad level between our lowest player and our top player. And so finding that balance within the team to be able to speak to the needs of the athletes was really, really challenging, but we owe it to our kids. So. Um, I would say that part of the ways that we will do that is by, um, you know, unique things that are popping up that come to mind for me right away or uh, that are very unique, I think, to, to high school sport, too, is leadership, is helping kids develop these really deep leadership traits with this concept of self-leadership leading that. Um, what it means to be a teammate. You know, these are all lessons that are, I think, in some ways, really uniquely learned within a school sporting environment. Um, but 
I kind of have digressed a little bit from what I really wanted to talk about in, in, with this question, and, and that is this idea of self-identity. And, you know, we have a crisis with our children right now, and we're seeing this play out so sadly with college athletes committing suicide that, you know, has, has happened recently. Um, you know, I was just heartbroken when the goalkeeper at Stanford committed suicide, the, the women's goalkeeper. And, you know, this was a lot of self-identity issues that are coming out. And um, so how, as coaches, can we do that? Is that it's helping going back to like just deeply caring for the athletes that are in front of us. And it's building connections like Mr. Dobson, my track coach in high school built with me where I knew that he cared more about me as a person than he did as, a, as an athlete, where I knew that I had a friend, somebody in my corner that would advocate me, for me and believe in me. And this is what we can't forget that these are children in front of us that, that need mentorship, that need uh, lessons in self-belief. And I got an email from our voicemail from a parent yesterday who was almost crying on the phone saying, my daughter is struggling with anxiety. And her coach screamed so loud at her across the field. Why are you doing that? We worked on that in practice. I'm so frustrated with you. And the mom is crying to me saying, I'm so worried about the mental health of my daughter right now because of the way the coach is treating her. And these are things that we need to consider is, is it's what, what is tough and what kids need right now in this world after COVID, after all the pressures they have on them with social media is they need people to really care about them as a person and to help them develop a strong sense of personal identity. Um, that is how we're so uniquely, that's the gift of sport for our children. And what we can kind of really forget uh, and need to hold front and center when we think about what our role is in the lives of these children. Yeah, really good stuff. And it, at the bottom line, it's still sport and it's supposed to be fun. And uh, you yeah. Know, yeah, you know, kids need to become resilient. They need to develop toughness. But, you know, the sport experience, if it's not fun, hey, why are we doing it? Okay. So. Yeah, and, and it can be fun and you can build resilience at the same time. Like fun is, I think, a very mis confused word that we that we have. We think that fun means, but we, we have actually have really good science around what fun means from the fun integration study, uh, theory study that they did at George Washington University, Amanda Visick did. Like we know what fun is and fun is a coach that cares about me. Fun is high standards among the team. Fun is the teammates that I love. Like that's what kids say is fun. And so, and that's what professional athletes say is fun too. Like, so we, we need to remember that and uh, not lose sight of that in this quest for the district championship and the, this and the, that, like, like at, at the bottom line is what athletes will remember are the connections that they have. And that will help build resilience. That will help build that self-belief and, and be the foundation to this toughness, if you will, that we're discussing. No, absolutely. And when you do all those things, when you're having fun, when the kids, you know, like each other, um, all those other good things happen, including those district championships that you're yes, talking about. Yes. It's not They're the other the way around. They're the result of it. Exactly. Yeah. They're the result of everything else. So it's like where we start, mm -hmm. uh, you know, reframing where we're starting sometimes is what we need to do. No, absolutely. Um, this has been really cool. You know, you and I, you know, we did not know each other. We were introduced by a mutual friend. We'll give her a shout out, Neil Morrison. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just been great. Really have enjoyed this time. Uh, Want to spend some more time with you, but uh, uh, we need to wrap this up. Uh, and we always end 
with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, now, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics as a player, as a coach, as an administrator. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hear from Athletic Surveys who sponsor our Athletic Toolbox segment. When we come back, uh, I'm going to ask Sky to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in that athletic director toolbox. So uh, let's hear from Athletic Surveys. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Sky Eddy is going to put in her athletic director toolbox. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives the 95% of the parents and the players who really love your program a voice, and it helps demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Once again, we have been visiting with Sky Eddy, the founder of Soccer Parenting, uh, you know, longtime soccer player, soccer coach, uh, soccer guru. Uh, but now we're going to put her on the spot. Uh, we're going to have her send out a brand new athletic leader, but I'm only going to let her put three things in their toolbox. Uh, Sky Eddie, what three items are going to go in your athletic director toolbox? Oh, gosh. Uh, great question. Uh, I would say these are maybe framed for athletic director, for sure. Um, the first one would be a mission for equity. Uh, so, um, you know, equity and inclusion across all of your sports in, in terms of like facilities, um, the support that the school, the athletes are receiving, those types of things. Uh, the second thing that I would put in this athletic director's toolkit would be this um, sense of uh, empathy, you know, just uh, giving them a stronger sense of themselves and their ability to process that and understand what other people are feeling. So, um, emotional intelligence is maybe another way that I could um, frame that. What we know about emotional intelligence is that it's learned. Um, you can improve on these skills of um, self-awareness, self-management, uh, social awareness, and team or group management. So um, a desire to improve their emotional intelligence would absolutely be top of the toolbox. Um, another thing that I would put in the toolbox for an athletic director would be a sense of standards-based leadership. So uh, developing leader their leadership around clarity on what the standards are within the organization, especially important as you're leading in multiple for, for multiple teams, multiple coaches who are coming at this from different areas in terms of working in the school, not working in the school, but having very clear standards 
The two things that come to mind as far as those standards would be the standards for player interactions between the coach and the player and maybe the parent will throw that in since I am soccer parenting. Um, and also standards for um, what kind of built into that interactions would be like clarity about what the athlete's role is. I think, um, you know, we, we run into that a lot, especially in the youth game. So like what your role is on this team and helping athletes uh, work through that. So those would be the three things that I put in the toolkit, toolbox. Wow, I'm sure you saw me writing down notes there. Great, great stuff. <laughs> Uh, and very consistent with a lot of the things that you shared with us, uh, I think both, you know, personally for you and also uh, from the website. So uh, once again, soccerparenting.com and go ahead and give out the, uh, the other website for your new program. The sidelineproject.com. Sidelineproject.com. Uh, Sky Eddie, thank you so much for spending this time uh, with the Educational Lady Podcast and all the best moving forward. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. And before we go, we want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Once again, we wanna say thanks for listening to today's episode. Uh, make sure you check out the new second edition of the Athletic Director's Toolbox on Amazon. That's gonna be coming soon. Uh, check out amazon.com for the athletic director's toolbox second edition. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.